Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Hello, friend. Thank you for listening to Bible Truth for Living. This is your host, Pastor Tim Reynolds. Before I get into today's message, I want to tell you about a couple of exciting events that we have coming up. First of all, this coming Saturday, October the 29th, will be our third annual uh, Saturday Superheroes for Special Needs. And it's a day when we honor our friends with special needs, uh, both children and adults, as well as their caregivers and family members at Mount Vernon Baptist Temple. This will be from noon to 3 p.m., and it's all absolutely free. We're going to have an afternoon of everything from hay rides to pony rides. Uh, the Jefferson County Sheriff's Department is going to put on a canine demonstration. We have the air evac team is going to come and land a helicopter. We have bounce houses, hot dogs, hamburgers, snow cones, petting zoo, uh, lots of games, and all of it is free for children and adults with special needs, as well as their caregivers and their family members. We'll also be sending each each uh, home with a, a special gift bag and gift baskets for all of the caregivers. And so if you know of someone that would be blessed by uh, this event, or maybe you want to stop by and volunteer for an hour or so, you'll be blessed, I guarantee you. It'll all be out on the front yard and in the gymnasium at Mount Vernon Baptist Temple. We're located at 817 Woodland Drive, just off of Route 37 South in Mount Vernon. That is this Saturday, October the 29th, from noon to 3 p.m., our third annual Saturday Superheroes for Special Needs. And then coming up on Sunday night, November the 6th, just a couple of weeks away, we are going to host a prayer rally on the, uh, it's actually going to be on the east side of the Jefferson County Courthouse. Now, it'll be dark then, that is time change weekend, and uh, but there's plenty of lighting, and we're not going to keep folks a long time, maybe 20 or 30 minutes, but it's a pre-election prayer rally. This is not a political rally. We're asking folks to not even bring signs or anything to do with politics, but we want to pray that God's will is done in the midterm elections and that peace uh, also is in our nation following the election. We need God more than we need anything, and our nation needs to repent and turn to God. I'll be speaking on that today. Uh, but rather, uh, before that, I want to invite you to attend that. So if you can come out, that will be at the Jefferson County Courthouse on Sunday evening at 6 p.m. on November the 6th. Just come out, and I'll be joined by uh, Pastors Ron Lash, uh, Rodney Malott, and Pastor Kent Jackson. They are also going to read a scripture and lead prayers. And so we invite you to come out, be a part of our pre-election prayer rally at the Jefferson County Courthouse Sunday night. November the 6th at 6 p.m. Today's message is from 2 Chronicles chapter 15. I've titled the message, It Takes More Than Politics. I'll read the text and then I'll explain what's going on here. The Bible says, And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now, for a long season, Israel hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. 
But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel, and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And nation was destroyed of nation, and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded." Now, we have two main characters in this text. We have a man named Azariah. Azariah is the prophet of God. And then we have Asa, the king of Judah. You might think of him as the politician. So you have the prophet and you have the politician, all right? And God, the Bible says, caused his spirit to come upon Azariah. And we see that frequently in the Old Testament. And because of that, he is bold to go talk to the politician, to the king. Now, King Asa has just led the nation of Judah into a great victory. And while he is riding that, what you might call it, the high of victory, God wants him to know that as the political leader of the nation, there are some words of warning he wants to give to the leader and the people and some words of encouragement. And, you know, I think that is every preacher's responsibility. Our words should both encourage but also warn. Uh, We need to do both of those. And it's going to be up to the response of the leader, the king, and the people as to which uh, direction the nation will go. Now, what we tend to do, at least in America, it seems like today, is we put all the responsibility on the politicians. And they they do bear a lot. They are the leaders. They are our representatives in government. And so when we think of an election, you know, we are electing people to represent us. But the politicians don't bear all the responsibility in leading the nation. I believe there are also two other important leaders, leadership roles within a nation. You have the political leadership. Then I think there is the leadership of pastors and preachers. We have the responsibility to preach and teach the Word of God and to not uh, be afraid of addressing cultural issues and just to just say, here's what the Bible says because God says it. And then I think parents also play a role. In other words, the direction of the family. These three roles are all responsible. That's why I've titled the message, It Takes More Than Politics. Politicians are part of our way of living. It's part of the American uh, culture. But so are preachers and parents. We're all responsible. And so there are some principles here that I want us to see. Now, these things are directed toward the nation of Judah. That would be the two southern tribes that broke off from the other ten tribes of Israel. But the principles are here, I think, for any nation. And the first thing I want us to see is the conditions for God to be present in a nation. Verse 2 says, and this is the prophet speaking to the politician, he says, the Lord is with you while you be with him. That word while is a conditional word. If you're with God, God will be with you. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 55 and verses 6 and 7, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. You know, sometimes we'll ask the question, is God on our side? Well, that's not the most important question. The important question is, are we on God's side? 
God says, I'll do my part, but there's a condition here. You've got to be on my side. You have to be doing your part. Proverbs 14 and verse 34 says, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So there are conditions for God's presence in a nation. And then we see the cause for God's parting a nation. Why does God leave and forsake a nation? Well, listen to verse 3. The prophet continues his message and says, Now for a long season, Israel hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. The prophet is recalling the past failings of the nation in three particular areas. He addresses three areas. Number one, he addresses their idolatry. He says they have been without the true God. Now they had gods, but they were not the true God. They had false gods that they were worshiping, not the true God. Well, we have the same thing in America today. We may not bow down and pray to a little statue or idol, but we have our gods as well. Let me just name a few of them. We have the God of hedonism. That is the God of pleasure. We live in an entertainment saturated culture. There is the God of materialism, the worship of things and more money. So we accumulate things and think that is going to bring satisfaction. There is the God of humanism. That is the worship of self. I don't need God. I will be the master of my own domain and direction, and I don't need God. That is the God of humanism. There is the God of pantheism. That is the worship of nature. That's what the global warming and climate change really uh, the agenda is all about. It's making nature God, the creation God, rather than the creator. And then there is the God of idealism. That is the worship of the mind. Some people worship education and philosophy and psychology rather than the true God. So he says their idolatry was one reason he he parted from the nation, and then their ignorance. He says that they were without a teaching priest. Now, that's the responsibility of the spiritual leader in a nation. They were without a teaching priest. What does that mean? Well, there was no one that was teaching and preaching the word of God. Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 31 says, the prophets prophesy falsely. How were they doing that? Well, by not giving the word of God. They were giving opinion or feel-good messages. And the priests bear rule by their means, their opinions. And my people love to have it so. They just like to hear those good things that the priests had to say. Don't tell me what God says. Don't talk about the judgment of God and hell and sin and those sort of things. Just tell me what feels good. And that's what the, the priests and prophets were doing. God also says in Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, he says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, we have plenty of knowledge in America today. I mean, you want to know something, go to the internet, go to Google, you'll get some knowledge. But what's he talking about here? The lack of knowledge of the things of God and knowledge of God's word. He says, because thou hast rejected knowledge and hast forgotten the law of God, I will also forget thy children. There is very little teaching and preaching of the Bible today. Sad to say, behind many pulpits, the messages are more motivational speeches to comfort but not convict. And, uh, you know, we have that responsibility. Preaching, of course, does uh, give you some encouragement, but we need to hear once in a while some things that step on our toes and cause us to uh, do some uh, some inner looking at our behavior and things. And, you know, the Bible even says that it would be that way in the last days. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4, for the time will come when they, the people, will not endure sound doctrine. Doctrine is teaching, the plain teaching of God's word. 
right? They'll not endure that or put up with it. But after their own lust, things that feel good to the flesh, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Oh, make me feel good. Tell me something today to encourage me. Don't talk about those bad things. Just tell me some motivational things here. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. The reason that uh, people are taken in by falsehood today is they are not given truth from the pulpit. And that is the responsibility of the preacher. So their idolatry caused God to part from the nation, their uh, ignorance of the things of God, and then their insurrection. He continues and says they were without law. In other words, a lawless culture. The Bible speaks of that in Judges chapter 21 and verse 25. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Uh, That is situational ethics. If it's right for me, then I'll go ahead and do it. If it's right for me to steal from you, then that's okay. That's doing what's right in your own eyes. And that leads to lawlessness. Well, we see that in our nation today. This idea we're going to defund the police and, uh, you know, the criminals have more rights than uh, the victims do. And uh, when you have that boy, a nation's in trouble. And here's what God does. And this may sound strange to you, but there is something called the passive wrath of God. Now, when we think of the wrath of God, we often think of the active wrath of God, God judging a nation, and God, of course, does that. But the passive wrath of God is when God backs away and says, I'm going to leave you to your own will and what you want to do, and you'll self-destruct. That's God taking his hand off. The Bible speaks of that in Romans chapter 1, where the Bible talks about a culture that was that way. And the Bible says that uh, God gave them over to a reprobate, a perverted mind to do those things that were unnatural or unseemly. That is called the passive wrath of God. When God says, I'm no longer dealing, I'm going to let you have exactly what you want, a nation is sure headed in a bad direction. That happened in Judah, and I'm afraid that is happening in our own nation of America today. But thank God for this next part, and that is the character of God's patience. Verse 4, back in our text of Second Chronicles 15 says, But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. The word turn there is the word we use, repent. Repentance is a turning. Now, please understand something here. As an unbeliever, you do not turn your behavior around in order to get saved. All right. Some people have that idea. I have to turn over a new leaf. I need to clean up, clean up my act. No, you don't need a turn in behavior. You need a turn or a change of mind. There is only one sin that sends people to hell. It's not the sin of, of being an alcoholic or taking drugs or committing adultery. Those things are all sins. Those are bad, but they won't send you to hell. What sends you to hell is the sin of unbelief, not believing in Christ. So when a person gets saved, they repent of that sin of unbelief and change their mind, okay? Now, for a believer, we also must go to God in confession and repentance. That does involve a change of behavior, all right? We don't get saved again, but we need to have some things brought to our attention that we say, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not in fellowship with God here. I need to change something. And that is what is spoken of in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. You've heard this verse before, and this verse, again, is directed specifically to Israel, but the principle applies to any nation. Listen to this. 
Second Chronicles 7.14 begins if, the word if, again, is a conditional word. So this is something that the people are responsible for. If my people, it does not say if the unbelieving, if those who are not my people, but he says if my people, which are called by my name. Now, at that point in time, that was to Israel. But also we could say this in regards to the people of God, even those uh, today, if my people, which are called by my name, number one, shall humble themselves. We're filled with pride. We need to come to him in humility. Number two, pray. Well, that's important. Number three, seek my face. Have we have we forgotten to seek after God? Uh, I think so. And then turn from their wicked ways. That is not for the unbelieving. He says, my people need to turn from their wicked ways. The scripture says judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Let's not look at the culture and say, boy, they need to turn. No, it begins with God's people. He says, if they will do that, then there's another conditional word. Here's what I'll do. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That's why we are having a prayer rally at the courthouse. Again, not a political rally, a prayer rally. Why? Because we want to go to God and say, we need to come in humility. We're coming to pray. We're We're coming to seek the face of God, and we are coming to repent of our sin. As the people of God, we are repenting where we have failed to witness and to to pray and, and all of these things so that God would possibly heal our land. And God says, if you do that, I'll do my part. That's the character of the patience of God. But then also we see the canceling of God's peace in verses 5 and 6 of our text. Now, again, the prophet goes back in, in time here with the king, and he says, and in those times, there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And nation was destroyed of nation, and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. The word vex means worry or fear or agitation. You see, the sin of Israel affected not only that nation, but apparently was affecting the surrounding nations. Again, the Bible speaks there of great vexation were on all the inhabitants of the countries, plural. Nation was destroyed of nation. So this not only involved Israel, but it affected all of the nations around them. And God says here, or the prophet rather, God says through the prophet, in those times there was no peace. God canceled his peace. So the people continually lived in fear. You talk about cancel culture, you really have a cancel culture when God cancels out the peace in a culture and in a nation. Now, I don't know about you, but I think there's a sense of fear and agitation and worry in our world today. We certainly see it in America, but you know, there are some things going on around our world today that is creating an uneasy feeling, I think all the way around the world. I just jotted a few of these things down that have been in the news lately. You have the threat of nuclear war. Who knows what's going to take place there in in Russia and the Ukraine and Western Europe. You have rising fuel prices as we get ready to head into wintertime. The scarcity of food. Uh, there are places where there have been uh, shortages of food and people, you know, uh, we even know through the COVID-19 pandemic, at times there was not enough food on the shelves, even things like toilet paper. Then you have Western Europe, who is in fear of freezing this winter because of the Nord Stream pipelines that were compromised. And nobody knows who did that and how that happened. But uh, this natural gas that would flow from Russia to Western Europe now has been compromised. And so the people there are in fear. Then you have natural disasters 
disasters going on with droughts and fires and earthquakes and hurricanes. Housing prices have dropped tremendously in the last year or so. Interest rates are much higher than they were uh, just a year or so ago. Uh, You have the rise and fall of the markets. One day the stock market is up. The next day it's down. There is political instability in our nation, uh, let alone the nations of the world. There seems to be a global power vacuum. All of these things are causing a a lack of peace and a canceling of peace in our world today. I wonder if we are not responsible for that because we have forsaken God. Well, it was a principle certainly in the days of the nation of Israel and Judah. So uh, why wouldn't that principle be the same today? Now, let me give you a little bit of encouragement here. All right. Could you say, Pastor Tim, man, you've really laid it out there today and I'm, I'm just about discouraged. Well, let me tell you about the comfort of God's provision. The prophet has told the king these things. He's reminded him of the past history of the nation. And then he says this in verse 7, Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. God, through the prophet, is telling the political leader, be strong. He doesn't mean that in the form of build up a strong military. He means be strong in character and encouraged to lead the nation back to God. Well, how does the king respond? We see it in verse 8. And when King Asa heard these words and the prophecy, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of the land of Judah and Benjamin, and he renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. So he responded the right way. He didn't complain. He didn't say, I don't want to hear that. The Bible says he took courage. And then he cleared out all of those abominable idols. He forsook those things. And then he renewed the altar of the Lord. That's what brings change to a nation. You see, we need more than politics. Political reform is not going to change a whole lot. If you're banking all of the uh, future of America on the midterm election or the next presidential election, you will be sadly disappointed. We do not only need leaders in the White House and in the State House, we need leaders in the family house. We need moms and dads that will be like Joshua of old and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We need leaders in the church house that will get up behind the pulpit and begin preaching the truth of God's word, not an opinion, not a feel-good motivational message, but what God has to say. Think about it. We are headed in the wrong direction, morally and spiritually, and this thing is not going to turn around until the parents and the preachers and the politicians, all three, get back to the things of God. It's not too late, but we ought to take advantage of it while we still have time. And I encourage all of us to do that. Well, I pray the message was a help to you and uh, is something that you uh, can think about and uh, will begin to practice. Now, with the rest of the time that we have, I want to remind you about our events coming up. First of all, this Saturday, October the 29th, is our Saturday Superheroes for Special Needs. That'll be from noon to 3 p.m., out on the property of Mount Vernon Baptist Temple at 817 Woodland Drive uh, off of Route 37 South in Mount Vernon. We have all kinds of activities for children and adults with special needs. We have people who will be buddying up and helping to go to different activities and games and all sorts of stuff. Every bit of it is absolutely free, and we invite you to come and be a part of that. And then don't forget to mark your calendar for Sunday night, November the 6th, 
on the east side of the Jefferson County Courthouse. We're going to gather for 20 or 30 minutes, and we're going to pray for this midterm election, pray that there is unity in our nation, pray that God's will is done. Again, I'll be joined by Pastors Rodney Malott, Kent Jackson, and Ron Lash. We'll all be reading a scripture, leading a prayer, and it's a time just to come together uh, and pray that God's will is done. I'd also like to thank everyone who listens to the uh, broadcast on the radio and then those who tune into our podcast. We have folks that listen to the podcast at various times, and if you listen to podcasts, uh, I encourage you to go to your podcast provider, whether that's Apple iTunes. Now, there's a lot of them out there. Just search Bible Truth Podcast with Tim Reynolds. You'll find not only these messages, but my dad also has a lot of messages that are on there. He's preached now for over 60 years and is doing uh, some verse-by-verse teaching as well. All of it's free. You can access it and listen to it at any time on the Bible Truth Podcast. And then finally, those that support the uh, both the radio program and the podcast format uh, financially. We could not do any of this without your help, and I certainly do appreciate all of those. We have friends all over the place that will support us and help us, and it all goes to pay for the radio time and the access to upload the podcast and make them available. And uh, you know who you are, and you know how much that we appreciate that, and it means a lot to us uh, because we do that completely on free will, love offerings from our listeners. Listeners, if you would like to be a part, you appreciate the Word of God being preached and taught, uh, you can write to us at Bible Truth Broadcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Include your best gift. If you want to include a note, we're always encouraged by those as well. And uh, tell us that you tune in, that you listen. Maybe you have a Bible question. Maybe you have a prayer request. You can send that as well. And uh, we certainly do appreciate it. Also, if you do not have a home church, we invite you to Mount Vernon Baptist Temple. We meet every Sunday morning at nine o'clock for Sunday school for all ages. And then morning worship is at 10 o'clock and Sunday night worship at 6 p.m. And at Waltonville Community Church, we meet at 1115 a.m. every Sunday morning. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to being with you again next time. Until then, this is your host, Pastor Tim Reynolds saying, may God bless you is my prayer. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Thank you for listening.